0: This is My Mother's Divorce. I was in the middle of writing a song when I got definite word about my mother's divorce. The telephone rang and the conversation began as always. Well, she said, you're still alive. Hello, mother dear. What are you doing? I'm working on a musical. Really, what's it called? Big Dyke Goes West. Billy Lee, don't you know nobody wants to see a musical about a bunch of lesbians? Really? Did you call to harass me or have you got something to say? I called to tell you that tonight your father chased me out of the house with your granddaddy's saber, jerked it right out of its decorational frame and all, and I'm not going back. In case you're interested, I'm staying with Aunt Chloe. Your father's lost another job. I don't know who's going to take care of him, but it certainly won't be me. If you had any sense, you'd do your duty by us and come home. But then again, you don't care. We're just family. I do too. You do not. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You just want to get all the details so you can write more stories about us. Nobody appreciates the way you prayed our private lives all over the printed page. Besides, divorce is not simplistic. We're almost bankrupt. "'Somebody has got to see to the business matters. "'We have to keep the legal fees to a minimum.' "'Then why don't you call Freddie or June? "'They're within a couple of hundred miles. "'I'm thousands away.' "'I did. "'Your brother is in the middle of gestalt therapy, "'whatever that is. "'He claims he hates us all. "'And your sister is an emotional wreck. "'She can hardly take care of herself, "'much less anybody else.' "'Isn't it interesting that in times of extreme stress,' I am the only one in any shape to cope. That is because you ignore us the rest of the time. I'll be there over Christmas. That's in six weeks and the best I can do. Fine. She hung up with a bang in my ear. Mother dear, the previous fall, had been appointed to an executive position with a textbook company. Her salary was higher than anything my father had ever seen. They had agreed during sessions with the counselor when their condo sold to use the money against their debts, then move into separate apartments. My father didn't really believe the Southern Bell he'd worked and bled for his entire adult life would quite soon leave him penniless, jobless, and without a car or a place to live. She did, though, and he went temporarily insane. When I arrived, I met with both their lawyers to help tie up mutual business. I had become my parents' parent. I didn't like the role. I thought it might make me feel of use, but all my efforts had little effect. Sadly, I realized there wasn't anything anyone could do. Christmas Day, I was stuck at my mother's apartment with a copy of the National Enquirer and my dear Dennis Miles Away. At 2.30, I emerged into a gray and chilly afternoon to go meet my father. He had a present for me, the only one he was giving that year. We rendezvoused at a bus stop across from his local McDonald's. He looked old and bewildered sitting there. And so, I think, did I. He handed me an envelope. I smiled and opened it. Inside, I found a membership to the SLMU Alumni Association. My bankrupt father had spent $300 on something I'd never wanted and would never, ever use. I did a lousy job of covering my disillusionment. I just said, why, Dad, why? Because it'll mean something to you in your later years. Later years? What? A newsletter? Discount tickets to your football games? Something you can count on. How many times have you known me to go to a football game? You could have used the money to pay your rent. I'm sorry, son. I just wanted to do something for you. I couldn't believe the bleak emptiness in my gut. Does misunderstanding keep beating down upon us until we're so depleted we'll surrender on any terms? How I hate Christmas. We both stood up, realizing we had nothing left to say. We headed off in opposite directions. Halfway down the block, I turned around. My father had turned around too. He held up his hand. I held up mine. A few months down the line, he secured a job as a gardener at the governor's mansion. Within a year, he made a good marriage to a widow with a sprawling five-bedroom bungalow. Mother dear discovered sex and an abundance of eligible married men. Though she never admitted, she seemed quite content to be 50 and free.